Hi, everybody. Great to be here on Wednesday together. My name is Daniel, and I'm in recovery for addiction from pornography and the um, kind of addictions that go with that. And I've really appreciated being a part of this group. Um, since it started, it's been a really helpful checkpoint every week to come together to learn from each other. So I am not an expert, but I'm sharing some reflections I have. Hopefully something is helpful, but I am confident that the talking afterward is always something that I get a lot of in any case. But yeah, I'm talking about the topic of taking refuge or seeking refuge. Um, because, you know, in our days, a lot of stuff happens. And I was just kind of thinking about how do, how do I take a break now that I am clean and I'm not going to the breaks or the, the things for shelter that I used to, what does it look like to cultivate a new way of taking refuge? And yeah, faith is a big part of my recovery. Like I came, like I grew up as a, as a Christian and had a relationship with God. Um, but I realized through recovery that I had more of a knowledge than an actual relationship because my will and my reliance on myself was pretty much the sole thing that I had going, not as much reliance on God as I wanted to. And so I'm trying to figure out how does faith and how does a relationship to my higher power carry me through in my recovery? And so I'm trying to deepen that daily. And one of my practices is reading um, from the Bible, the good book um, every day and reflecting and letting that shape my mind in my heart. And so I get encouragement from that. I get encouragement. We get encouragement from each other. Um, stories in the big book, all of that helps. But today I'm going to look at a story in the Psalms. That's a book in the middle of the Bible of kind of like poetic expressions of relationship to God. And there's a main writer, David, who wrote this one. It's Psalm 71. So I came across it in my daily devos, um, I think earlier this week. Um, and I thought it stood out to me as something that might be helpful to share. Uh, if you don't have a Bible, that's fine. I'm going to screen share like just the verse I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk over. And then it's just going to be some free flow and reflection. So, um, before I get there, refuge is like the main title that we're going to think about. And I looked up the definition. Um, the definition literally is a condition of being safe or sheltered from pursuit, danger, or trouble. So being in refuge is to be protected from those three things, pursuit, danger, or trouble. And when I was a kid, I was thinking of how sometimes I get in, I would get into trouble and I would seek refuge. And that looked kind of different than it does now, but this is what came to mind. I used to live on a street which was all semi-detached houses. And mine was, the two driveways were far apart, but my neighbor next door, his and the neighbors were like, is a double wide driveway with two garages. And it was the best place to play road hockey. So we'd play road hockey and then inevitably a slap shot would hit the neighbor's garage make a huge boom and we knew that neighbor was not keen on us and it was just a cranky kind of person unfortunately and so well what did we do we had a problem there was danger there was pursuit and so we went to refuge which happened to be my parents basement in like the backmost room in like a little crawl space and we would take refuge there and believe that you know we have a first line of defense the front door and then my mom was the second line of defense 
and then it would take a lot to get to us in the basement. And I realized, you know, think of that, my refuge often would depend on others or it would depend on myself and rarely was my refuge built on God. Um, it just, when the, you know, when the rubber hit the road or when the poop hit the fan, I could rely on myself a lot better than I could rely on God. However, that didn't actually, that was more of a delusion than a reality, <laughs> as we know if we faced addiction. And so as we're talking about refuge, we really do need a place where we can be safe from danger and trouble and pursuit. But it can't be me and it can't be, I can't rely on you to be that. I have, I'm pretty much left with, it's either God or it's me continuing in the cycle of not actually having a safe place. Um, so we need that kind of space in our life to recenter, to be able to take stock of what's going on and to have truth come back into the, the focus. When I'm in a place that I'm all, you know, the world's gotten me all tossed and turned around, I need a place that I can center in. Um, another little image. So what I'm going to talk about is not, is refuge not as running away from our problems, but a refuge as a place we can go to confront our problems. There's an example in the big book of, you know, what we shouldn't do, as in running away or denying our problems. In Into Action on page 82, um, we're likened as the addict to, um, the addict is like a tornado roaring his way through the lives of others. And he is like the farmer who came up out of his cyclone cellar to find his home ruined. And to his wife, he remarked, don't see anything the matter here. And that's not how we need to treat refuge. We can't just like hide away when the going gets tough because you can't just come out and say, oh, it's all fine now. Blew over, the storm blew over. Um, inevitably, my problems are of my own making. So I need a refuge where I can take stock of that and then address them. Not hope that they'll blow over so that I can be free to make a tornado next time and then take refuge and keep that cycle going. I used to do that with addiction, but there's a new way to take refuge that actually brings about change. So knowing what not to do from experience or from the big books guidance, don't be like that. I'm gonna read a little bit from Psalm 71. You can read along, I'll put the share screen up and then I'll take it down. Um, but we'll go kind of chunk by chunk. If you see that here, I bolded the, the first verse. This is kind of like the intro and what I want to meditate on. So David says, in you, Lord, I have taken refuge. Let me never be put to shame. And some things that stood out to me, just as I thought on that, it's, it's clear that he's figuring out something actively. He wants the refuge. Um, he wants that place where he can be free from danger, trouble, and pursuit. Um, and he's also honest with what he's trying to avoid. Like he does not want shame or you could put in fear or whatever that is. But I think shame and fear are probably the main things that I tend to try and run away from. But a key thing that's going to gonna play through all of this is that David has um, a bit of a game plan. It says, in you, Lord, um, that's like the personal name for God. It's not a generic kind of feeling. Um, like in my peaceful feelings, I take refuge. But he says, like in you, Yahweh, like there's an actual kind of personal connection going on here. I've taken refuge. So that's what we're going to look at. And he knows what he wants. 
don't let me be put to shame. I really don't want that. I can't handle that. And then verse two and three are just kind of expanding on that. But he gets more honest in verse four. It's bold there. Deliver me, my God, from the hand of the wicked, from the grasp of those who are evil and cruel. So already it's kind of starting to show like what he's facing in his life. What he's running away from is evil, cruel people. What he sees at least is that. Um, and how does he get to refuge? How does he like beat a track there? Like I used to beat a track to my parents' basement. As soon as I hit the neighbor's garage door, I knew the path. David knows a path to his refuge and his actions are in five and six. He says, you have been my hope, sovereign Lord, my confidence since my youth. From birth, I have relied on you. You've brought me forth from my mother's womb. I will ever praise you. So I'm going to stop sharing for one second. Um, what I see going on there is that part of what David is building into his life as a refuge is the practice of reflecting on, you know, God's faithfulness in his past. So when the going gets tough and he starts to feel like the, the hand of the wicked reaching out for him, the thing he doesn't do is just try and like swat at it. Um, to get away his problems, but he turns his attention to like his past, not his past and seeing what God has done in the, in his youth, in his childhood, or for like, you know, if I'm turning that to me for a second, I look over the ways that God might've helped me in my early um, sobriety or my, like, even how God protected me from the full impact of, of my addiction or, you know, the fact that he had the, the grace to, to keep chasing after me when I was not really being a good person worth chasing after. If David can look back on his youth, his childhood, to be able to say, God is really faithful, like, okay, what he's doing is, have you ever been on a diving board, like a high diving board? Or have you ever been on the top of a ski hill or a toboggan hill and you're looking down and thinking, no way. Can I make this jump? What I see David doing here is like, okay, you know, when I was a youth, God was with me. When I was a kid, God was with me. What's he doing? He's getting himself ready to jump into the refuge of God to say, okay, I can trust you now. I'm going to jump in. I'm going to make God my refuge. And it's, I just like that honesty because sometimes it's not easy to like turn to God when things are hard. It's a lot easier to try and do things in my own power, but if I, if I really remember that God has actually carried me, then I'm more likely to be able to say, okay, then I'm going right now. And yeah, let's see what the, where it goes from there. He gets more honest, which is why I like this. So he's got his, his refuge, a reason for refuge. God's been faithful from birth. He's like, okay, I'm, I'm in it. I'm jumping in. And then now he's in the place where he can be fully honest. He's not having to be strong. He's not having to protect himself. Verse 9, 10, and 11, he reveals like the full extent of what his fear is. He says, do not cast me away when I'm old. Do not forsake me when my strength is gone. She's like, whew, whoa, hold on there. Where are you getting those thoughts, David? Why do you think your higher power is going to throw you away because you're old? or because you're weak. That sounds to me 
like fear is speaking. An evil and corroding thread has gotten in to the deep parts of him. And he answers it. Like, where is that coming from? Well, it's coming from the outside. My enemies are saying it. My enemies are waiting. They're conspiring to kill me. And they say, God has forsaken him. Let's pursue him, seize him. No one is going to rescue him. So that's pretty, like, honestly, that's pretty heavy. There's some outside voices that are really shaking him up. And that can happen to us too. It can be anything, you know. It can, it can literally be anything on the outside that somehow, you know, 99% of what I hear doesn't get into me. But that one thing that is a fear deep inside has a way of just going right through my ear, right into my heart. And we can't really avoid that. There's going to be some fear at one day or another that the outside world says something and it just goes right in and lodges. And for David, he's basically right now walking us through a little bit of an inventory. And what I liked is that I'm not great at like doing inventories. I can, I can say, no, I don't need to do it. I don't need to take stock. But if I'm going to have any progress in my recovery, I need to do that. I need to deal with those fears and those thoughts whenever they pop up. Um, that's the action that we have to keep taking. And res refuge, I think, is we have to, I'm just saying what we started with, we have to know the path to refuge and we have to believe that it's a good place to go. I have to know that God is going to help me with my problems and that he has in the past and that, okay, I'm able to go there. And so for David, I like literally as just practice for myself, but I wrote out an inventory for David, just using what was here. It was like pretty, made it pretty clear. Column one, who is he resentful at? My enemies. Why the cause? Well, they're planning to destroy me or they're trying to, you know, take his life, take his reputation. It's not like super clear, but it's pretty clear that he's got enemies and they're planning to destroy him. And then his underlying beliefs in column three, we can kind of color those in for him, right? Like his self-esteem. Well, I'm the best king they could ever have. Or, you know, I'm the one God put here. This is my role, not yours. Get out of my life or pride, others should respect me, others should have my back. Um, what he wants on the outside, his ambition is to just be in charge, or be secure. Um, he needs to be strong. A real man is strong and secure. You can kind of play through all those internal beliefs that are getting strummed on. Um, and obviously we know that leads to the fear, reveals the fear. And for, for column four, the fears that are driving David is just that desire to be, you know, or desire not to be vulnerable, not to be rejected by others, not to be unprotected, alone, or weak. And I won't keep going because it basically just morphed into like an inventory for myself. And I realized, oh, now I'm just, this is just helping me to reflect on my own heart. Um, actually, I'm not, I'm not not wanting to share it, but we'll get back to refuge. Um, the point being is that, <clears throat> We need to have consistent, it doesn't have to be necessarily a physical place. Like I've got this awesome rocking chair that I've started journaling in, in this quiet room. That can be a physical, we can have a physical place that I go to for refuge to meet with God. But the truth is the refuge is more of a quality that if I'm saying God has been good to me for my whole life, 
well, it doesn't matter where I am. If I meditate on that for a minute and say, okay, God's been good when I was here, when I was there, when I was everywhere. Okay, well, here I am at the airport. I'm able to go to my refuge. There's no rocking chairs at the airports as far as I know, but God is still able to be my refuge there. Um, yeah, and it's it's key that we we go there because like we saw, that's the place that real reflection can happen. So, so far, David, there you go. He has been honest. He said the truth. The outside voices are getting in. They're getting into him and he had to put them out. For us, we have to put them out on paper. I don't know how much paper David had, but he was able to put it out in prayer, um, which had the same effect. I'm going to read the last as like how this affects him at the end. It says, as for me, I will always have hope. I will praise you more and more. My mouth will tell of your righteous deeds, of your saving acts all day long, though I don't know how to relate them all. I like that little honesty. I don't even really know how to tell all the things you've done for me, but I'm going to try. David's able to come out of refuge with a new vision, like a refocused vision. It's less about him keeping power. It's less about him being in charge, less about him just being strong so no one topples him, which was all self-centered, right? When we come to refuge, we're able to get more God-centered. And that's why I highlighted this last verse. He's, his fear is like reoriented. Somehow out of this encounter with God, the fear gets turned on his head. And he says, even when I'm old and gray, do not forsake me, God. But his focus isn't on the old and the gray and the weak. The focus is on, I got to declare your power to the next generation, your mighty acts to all who are to come. Which, if we're in the 12-step tradition, sounds an awful lot like reaching the 12th step, where he's like, I have to... I'm not as obsessed about my fears anymore. They're not controlling and driving him. He's able to say, okay, God, I'm coming out of time with you so that I can share that with other people. And I think that's a way better purpose. It's a way more inspiring thing to do um, for me and for King David. And you know what? Now that I think about it, like, it's kind of cool to think about characters in the Bible like this because they – the messy parts of their lives are, are shown to us. David had a lot of problems. Um, he had a lot of high points, but his, his low points weren't hidden. His problems with, well, I would say like last or taking advantage of people. Um, his, you know, literally arranging things behind the scene, being the director and getting people killed that he wanted like pushed out of the scene. Sounds like more like a mafia than the king anointed by God. But in being able to see this, <clears throat> he's, a, he's a story of someone being transformed by time with God, where the truth can come out. And that's an encouragement to me because look at him. 2,000 years later, we're still learning from his life example. He's still passing on the message of being transformed by God. And I don't think that's my goal for 2,000 years, but I hope that, you know, in a, a year or two, my example can still be encouraging people. Um, but essentially, if we don't take time to just connect with God, we'll inevitably keep running on our own power and we'll inevitably keep trying to protect ourselves in the way that we've grown up. But if we do beat the path to refuge and we figure out 
Like, how do I get there by practicing day after day, coming, just like bringing our mind into that place where we're secure in God? I think that the hope is it becomes natural. And that's just the process of recovery, I think, is making it natural to expose my fears to the light and then have them reinterpreted back to me um, with the truth of my higher power. So that's my reflection on Psalm 71. And I am very interested to hear how you guys seek refuge and how you guys are developing in your own life the practice of getting to that place where God can reinforce the truth and help us unpack the lies that the world outside has given us because that's what we're into together.